Welcome to the Jimbo Podcast, where you can find all your favorite Jimbo Show content in one place. Interviews, prank calls, bits, and a whole lot more. And now, here's your host, Jimbo. All right, it's another Jimbo Podcast, and I want to share with you guys a special series I did with my brother. We're in a band called The Surrealers. We've been there uh, for a while now. Uh, back in the 90s, mid-90s, we released an album called No More Milk, which you can find on all streaming services. Um, and you spell the name S-U-R-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-S, just in case you're looking at the streaming sites and want to check us out. But we did, uh, my brother George and I, we did a, a series of shows where we kind of took the music and took the influences of our childhood since we grew up together. And we kind of uh, broke down different things. And uh, it was quite interesting we we actually play, we were able to play a song from one of our albums to show you the influence that particular uh pop culture moment or album or tv show had so here it is the jimbo podcast presents the series that we're running the next few weeks the surrealers on welcome to the surrealers on on this episode george and jim talk about the original rocky from 1976 Stinks and it always stinks in here. Yes, that's right. We're doing Rocky today. This is the Surrealers. I'm Jim. I'm George. <laughs> he forgot his name for a second. Uh, <laughs> so a Rocky. You know, why, you know why I forgot my name? Why? Because I got no man. <laughs> so before we get into Rocky, let's tell you a little bit about ourselves. We're actually a group and brothers at the same time. The Surrealers. We've been playing since for a while. We've been I for a while. Yeah. yeah. So we started singing at the back of records when we were kids and. Released two albums and two singles, bunch of music in storage right now that we're working on and hoping to release very, very soon. But Rocky was a huge influence on our lives, like it was on many people. But for us, we kind of had um, a, a different kind of background with Rocky. I remember once the first time you saw the film was it was it with me when we went to the theater. We went in the, in the summer of uh, seventy. When did it come out? Seventy five or seventy six? It came in 76. Okay, so we went in the summer of 77 because I wanted to go when it first came out, but our mother wouldn't let us go because she thought it was too violent. And then our friends from St. Louis, the Mandernacks, came. <laughs> and um, I don't know if they wanted to go or whatever, but we ended up seeing it with me, you, Cheryl Mandernack, Lynn Mandernack. Well, maybe you saw it then because I, I didn't see it. Then I, the first time I saw it was with, with our grandmother, Nana. Huh? I okay. saw it with no. The, I saw yeah. it with the. I know. I saw it with the Manor Nights. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you probably saw it then. I saw it at the Eastland Mall in Bloomington. In well, we saw it in the Eastland Mall too. Maybe they were there too. But maybe it was. Um, it was after after it won the Oscar. Well, right? I saw it a few times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. A few times. Was it after the one won the Oscar? Seventy seven. Well, yeah, because it was in. Yeah, it was the summer of seventy seven. So it was, and it was still in theaters. It was still in theaters. Yeah. So uh, big influence. Uh, and then it come, you know, HBO in the seventies, they didn't have many offerings. Um, they were only, uh, they started like at three o'clock in the afternoon and they went and they signed off at night. But when Rocky came on, they played the heck out of Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I remember after I saw Rocky, I started wearing the gray sweatshirt. Um, I learned how to do one handed pushups, which I actually learned how to do them. They're actually did them pretty well too. Um, yeah, that was, a. It was a big influence on me. He was uh, Sylvester Stallone, and his story, his whole story of, uh, you know, not taking the $250,000 for the script and saying, I'm yeah. st I'm, st I'm standing my ground because I want to star in this thing is, is legendary. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And the dumbest thing I think we did to inspired by Rocky is we went in the uh, driveway and we put we didn't have the, we didn't have the uh, we did not have the money for official boxing equipment so we took some oven mitts and we stuffed some kitchen towels into them. stupid and we actually boxed in the driveway right. with no shirts on like a bunch of morons I remember one time that your your towel came out not that the towel was much con, uh, oh, yeah, protection yeah. and you hit me right in the nose oh yeah yeah we're like we got to stop this I yeah. think somebody came in like a referee and stopped it because it was uh, that was crazy it I was, think it was on the uh, we started off on the gravel driveway we, we had in Pittsburgh and then we, we graduated when we moved here to Houston we actually had was paved driveway. <laughs> But yeah, that was the whole thing was dumb. But uh, so many great lines in this movie, and the, the the way it differs for the other movies too. For me, is is you really have, uh, I guess what Stallone was trying to do with the other movies is trying to like keep on taking the character back to ground zero, where he is at ground zero at Rocky, and we're seeing the beginnings of a guy who's a lone shark, you know, right? Who's a who's a bum according to Mickey? <laughs> Who'd you fight last night, Spider Rico? He's a bum. <laughs> so uh, Mickey, of course, played by the great Burgess Meredith Man, uh, as his manager, who does not believe in Rocky at the beginning, and then of course Rocky gets the big shot, and you have that classic scene where he comes up and wants to be his manager after taking away Rocky's locker. Mickey still wants to be his manager. <laughs> you know why? You know why he never. Did anything because he had no manager. <laughs> Great scene too. So Stallone is ignoring him, and I know you've probably seen the scene, but uh, he's ignoring Mickey. Rocky is, and he goes into the bathroom <laughs> while Mickey's still talking. He walks out of the bathroom, he's still there, and he goes back in. Yeah, and then Classic. he throws darts in front of him too. Classic. As far as like, but then at the end, you see the sweet scene where he chases him down the street and says, "You could be my manager." But the whole, you know, my apartment stinks. It stinks in here. Oh, it stinks in here. <laughs> Comes, you want you want to come to my house? You want to live in my house? Come to my house. But that's uh, yeah, a great. And then you know the scene of him running, um, very guerrilla style. I heard they just kind of like go. <laughs> he just jumped out of the van. Well, he did it in like what three days. He did yeah. all the running scenes yeah. in like three days. And um, when he first time he runs up the steps, man, that's pretty realistic. Um, yeah, because they have the steady cam too. The, the thing about it too is the good thing about the movie is he just doesn't get to that point. You you see the Philadelphia morning as right. complimented by the song on the soundtrack where he's he does run for the first time and has the cramp and can't make it up the stairs without you know uh, buckling over. But uh, it's a realistic movie. And then you have the whole the Lone Shark stuff early is is really good too that you see what they call a save the cat moment from any movie where they're uh, you see the character has a heart when Rocky goes to break Bob's thumbs (laughs) and and lets him go. And, you know, and then he's like, you should have planned ahead. You should have planned ahead. And then he gets in trouble with Gazzo later for not breaking his thumbs. Hey rock, why don't you break this guy's thumbs? Like I told you to, you want my jacket? (laughs) And then of course, Gazzo's mad at him. And then he's like, uh, Rocky's going on to his next job. He's like, yo, how do you sell it? spell Del Rio? Look it up in the dictionary, Rock. <laughs> so you have that, the, the whole... Um, the, the greatest scene of all, though. <laughs> I got a turkey in the oven. <laughs> oh, you got a turkey in the oven. Yeah. You want the bird? Go out in the alley and eat the bird. Another well-rounded character uh, there, too. It's like, it's like weird, too, because I was eight, and I still was invested into this kind of... It really kind of is an adult story. you got like a guy who's in a meat house that lives with his sister. you got a guy who could have been a great fighter, has lived up to his potential. 
Uh, and then you, it, I won't say it's slow, but the story builds in a 1970s fashion. There's not like, you know, a lot of fast cuts and everything. You get the scene at the ice skating rink. You get Mickey in the meat house. I mean, I mean, you get uh, Paulie in the meat house. And that's another two. That's another line I carry with me to this day. When you're, when you're frustrated and you're dealing with stuff, the line that, that, uh, Burt Young says is Paulie when he's, when Stallone come gets him after the whole baseball bat thing. I can't haul meat no more. <laughs> You feel like you just want to say, I can't hold me no more. Because no <laughs> he wants to ha- be hired by Gazo. To but be, you know, the first yeah. time you see that movie and you're watching the fight scene and. You're so invested. That's even the, even the training day. scene and then the fight. And, and you're, you know, of course, at every movie you want him to win and you think he's going to win, but the greatest part of it is, is he loses. Yeah, but he, he, went, he wins and he goes the distance. Like well, he, he goes the distance and he loses the fight, but at the end, which is great, he doesn't even care. He's just trying to find what was so great because he can't even see. <laughs> I mean, that's just like the greatest thing ever. And then, uh, you know, poor little nine year old me, that I started, and that's the story that's going to live with me for the rest of my life is I cried. When Rocky lost, <laughs> I cried in the movie. I don't know why. I guess it was overwhelmed because your uh, you, your emotions are play with. You're rooting for so much uh, for him to win, and but you know, in the end, when you see it as an adult, he did win. He went the distance with the champ, the champ who is modeled after Muhammad Ali, that was never touched, that was taking the fight very lightly, just a promotional gimmick. Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers did a great job yeah, in that movie. Great. Great. So the whole cast is really good. I mean, Burt Young, they all kind of went on to do the the sequels, you know, except, you know. Well, speaking of the sequels, I saw Rocky II. We all saw Rocky II in the theater. I remember the fight scene for Rocky II. I mean, there were people standing up and It was cheering. like a real fight. You couldn't even, you couldn't hear. I didn't know there was music in it until no, I saw you, it on the cable. You couldn't hear it. And uh, it, was, it was like, it, yeah. it was so loud. But my brush with greatness for Rocky is I got to interview Bill Conti. Oh, okay, yeah. At uh, When I was working in radio, he came up because he was doing the music for the Oscars. And I was like, they said, you want to interview Bill Conti? I said, of course. And Because uh, Rocky's one of the great soundtracks of all time. I listen to that thing. You know, yeah, like, it's, uh, it's a good one. Constantly. And um, he also did the mu- music for a movie called Fist, which, which was, was Stallone's Stallone. second movie. Which I kind of like. I kind of, between each Rocky movie, he did two movies or did a couple movies like like you said. The first one was right. Fist, and then Paradise Alley, right? And then Rocky Two, and then there's like Nighthawks, right? And Victory or something. Victory, right? yeah, 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 Victory. <laughs> so I bought because I love the soundtrack for Fist too. So I brought that with me that day to have him sign it, and I pull it out, and he goes, "Wow, you actually have this." <laughs> So I must have been one of the only ones to buy it. So he signed that one for me, and he signed my Rocky. Uh, I, I couldn't find my album, but he signed my CD, which I still have. And uh, he was he was a great he was a great guy to interview. Uh, it was a super interview, and I was just lucky enough to be able to meet him. And Rocky, of course, uh, won Best Picture uh, over you know people get mad still. It's, I guess it's like the Forrest Gump uh, Pulp Fiction thing that you know Rocky beat. Um, uh, taxi driver and stuff like that, but oh, it was a much better movie. Than yeah, taxi but driver. if you look at look at the kind of you know, it's it's Jeff, it's subjective. So, well, to be honest yeah. with you, Stallone should have won the best actor, but Peter Finch died. Yeah, but that he movie, was great though. He was great. That's a great movie. The network is a great. Movie. He probably would have won if he was still alive, but um, Stallone definitely. Yeah, even um, I don't even was she up for Tal- was Talia Shire up for anything? I think she might have been. too. She was great yeah. in that movie too. Yeah. 
um, kind of the unsung hero of that whole movie. And then, of course, it, it, it kind of inspired a whole generation of Rocky-like movies, like Karate Kid. It's Rocky with, Korea- right, <laughs> with right. karate. American you know? Anthem. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody <laughs> wanted to searching for the new Rocky movie. It was like kind of Die Hard was at the time, you know. Uh, they're looking for the new, latest Rocky kind of film that makes you feel good and root for the underdog. It was the one that really did it, and it did it for us, too. I mean, it definitely had an impact on... I mean, well, Stallone's very inspirational. I mean, yeah, he is, and all, then all of his movies have been that way. And he just—I I think Stallone. Uh, I mean, the fact that he didn't win for Creed two was it Creed two or Creed one? It was the first one. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. He was brilliant in that movie, and he's—he's he's always been good. His movies, you know, he's sometimes hit or miss. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he the he, Rocky movies are great, he gets pounded for the misses like the stop and remodel will shoot or the. Uh, you know, the over the rhinestone. top. Rhinestone. <laughs> I did like Rhinestone. That might be a whole other show we talk about, too. Drinkenstein. <laughs> <laughs> rhinestone. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, well, Rambo. Uh, First Blood was a fantastic yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, they, the other Rambos kind of got silly, but First Blood was a fantastic movie. But he, he continues to do it to this day, and uh, we do thank you, Sylvester Stallone, for making Rocky. It did it was a big part of our childhood, and I take it with me every day when I say, I can't hold meat no I more. Me no more. <laughs> or if something stinks, I'll be like, it stinks in it. It always stinks in it. Oh, butt kiss. <laughs> so uh, there it is. Uh, there's three others now on Rocky. Now we got to pick one of our songs that kind of fits the Rocky theme. So I would I would vote for a tune called A Pocket of Quarters, which I know is grammatically not correct. <laughs> I know oh, quarters or a quarters? It, it worked. <laughs> um because it was the theme song. It's the only sports-related song we have. <laughs> it was. It ended up being the theme song for the Houston Oilers pregame show wow. on KTRH Radio in the early 90s because the producer, because I worked at the radio station, the producer liked the beginning of the song. And uh, that's our basically our only claim to fame when it comes to music for for sports. So here's our underdog song. You could find on all streaming sites from our album "Think of a Different Time." This is kind of a best capsulized album of all the stuff we did in the late '80s and early '90s. Yes, we've been around that long. So here's a pocket of quarters on the Surrealers on.
got the dirt, but it doesn't mean anything. You see the gate and the path is unclear. You see the gate, but it didn't mean anything yesterday. But it does today. But it does today. There you go. A pocket of quarters there. A little ending inspired by Paul McCartney's uh, uh, Listen to What the Man Said. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> at the end is the drum part for the Listen to What the Man Said at the end of Listen to What the Man Said. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I think George has some special words for us as we go out. As I say every week, the words of the great Jack Buck, the St. Louis Cardinals announcer, we appreciate your time this time. Till next time, so long. <laughs>